Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Ready, very passionate. Ready, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Don and unbelievers. everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined as always by the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? You hear the excitement, the fire coming at you guys from Texas? And of course... In the studio, the number one NFL correspondent in the podcast game today, former college football tight end, the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What's going on, everybody? That was mild enthusiasm. Wait, 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 don't we have somebody else? We do. I mean, I'm not oh. done with the intros, Mike. I was going to oh, bust Wookiee's balls my, and segue in our final guest here. In the studio, a lifelong friend of all of us here at the AEBG Podcast, a buddy of ours, the lifelong Raider fan, Dan Scampoli, everyone. Good to be here, guys. Hello, Jet fans. Michael, before we get into the Raider game, which Dan's here for, uh, we're going to talk about last week, which was another W for the Jets. Wow, winning. So now we're the underdogs were on the road, went into the game last week hoping we'd win. We didn't know what type of team would show up. Just because of how the year's gone. And we got the good version of the Jets. The good version of Sammy. And one pass there, Mike. Not amazing. The rest of the game, I thought Sam played really well. Jets played really well. We're going to break it down in the game review like Michael. Mike does it in the most dramatic, emotional, passionate way of any podcast out there in the world today. But Mike, another W for the Jets. Four touchdowns for Sam. Offensive line. Gave him some protection. They gave him two garbage time touchdowns. But Jamal Adams has become a super saiyan. He's ascended. His hair has turned blonde. And he's just ripping quarterbacks' heads off every single week now. Mike, what's going on with this defense? The last couple weeks, they're not playing great teams. But you can't run the ball on the Jets right now. Basically, is what's happening. Offensive lines decided to play a little bit better. Maybe with Khalil out of there and our boy Harrison in. Beecham in there uh, last week. Maybe that that was a little bit of improvement. But what do you think, Mike? Do you think this is for real the last two weeks? You think the rest of the season they're going to be able to play much better? Or you think it's just a, a result of who we're playing on the schedule right now? Well, look, you can only play the teams that are in front of you, right? And uh, I looked and saw Connor Hughes had a good tweet out on Twitter. And uh, he said that the Jets have won their games scoring 34 and 37 points the last two weeks. Yes, they beat the G-Men and the Redskins. But they did it despite missing their starting left guard, their starting center, their starting right tackle, their starting wide receiver, and their starting tight end. Both starting cornerbacks and all their linebackers. It's so, it's so insane. you know, you could say, you could say, oh yeah, they beat the Giants, they beat the Redskins, understood. But it's not like this team doesn't have deficiencies in which they did not see coming at the start of the season, right? Look, this last game against the Washington Redskins was the most complete game I have seen from the Jets overall. You and I, we text back and forth, we get angry at penalties. Those were minimized on Sunday. Offensive play calling and challenges. I thought 
Adam Gase, he was two for two, got a third. Phenomenal job. He even called a, a, a challenge on a pass interference play, which is very rare to get nowadays. He did some things regarding Sam, rolling him out on more plays, using Griffin more in the passing game, Bell putting Bell in the slot. We talked about that in the preseason. Robbie starting to stretch the field more where he's getting uh, penalties called on the uh, defense and getting that the Jets to move down the play down the field gadget plays like the one pass to Bilal Powell these are the this is you know I called for Adam Gase to be fired after the Miami Dolphins I still stick by that statement but I am starting to see some some growth within his uh coaching schemes as he goes through as we've won these last two games as you discussed before about the defense the run defense is elite we're now, I said last week we were the number one run defense in the league. We were the r- number one run uh, per attempt, and now we're run period, even even yards. We just passed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pass rush is improving. I, we will get into Jamal Adams, but guys are getting to the quarterback more than they ever have before with this team, despite the lack of talent. Special teams can definitely do better. Sam Ficken, uh, you know, yeah, Come I know, on, the Ficken. kicking. Come on. Come yeah, on, but most of on. the year, he's actually been okay. Last week was the first game. He looked a little shaky there. Um, he's been better than we probably thought, especially considering the way the year started, Mike, with our kickers. But, but still uh, shaky. Still shaky. Yeah, and, and Vincent Smith with the fumble. So special teams, you know, I think there's room for improvement. Offense continue to execute the game and not just execute on the very first drive, but executed throughout the game. Now, now, first, the first player that I wanted to highlight here and I want to get your opinions on, obviously, is going to be the quarterback. Something that we learned, uh, Rich Tamini broke. Uh, he said that post Jacksonville game, there was a conversation between Sam Darnold and Adam Gase that has generated a lot of attention as a potential turning point in Sam's growth. Gase welcomed Darnold's assertiveness, saying it was the right time for the young QB to express his opinions on the pros and cons of the offense. Darnold said he spoke up because of his comfort level with Gase and the offense, saying it was more important for the conversation to happen since then, since his play has improved. So he literally went to Gase and said, look, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is how I want to run the offense. Took ownership, just like the way I believe Jamal Adams is taking ownership on the defensive side. And since then, Sam... You know, against on Sunday, he was 19 for 30, 293 yards, nine point. He had uh, four, four touchdowns and one interception, one sack. He had a rating of 121.3. This was his first four touchdown game of his career. So I'm looking at him and I'm seeing somebody who looks like, even though maybe playing against a lesser opponent, He's starting to thrive in the position that he's playing. Yeah, six touchdowns the last two weeks, Mike, and one just one pick. Just concerning to think that at his age, he had to go to Adam Gase and tell him the things that work and don't work. When you think the coach with that experience would be the guy that knows that, I would right. think at least you would hope that at least. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have to be Sam, but it is encouraging to know that he has a confidence to do that. And the past two weeks, at least, he's played good. Giants defense, Skins defense, not amazing. The Raiders defense is kind of middle of the pack too, but when we get into it, they actually have a decent pass rush. What's your what's the guy in the Raiders last week, Michael? Uh, Dan who had four sacks. Uh, Max Crosby, rookie. Who is this? this is the guy for real? What's this guy's story? He's everybody on that defense is four sacks. Is yeah. I don't know. I didn't see the game. Well, you had uh, Clellan Farrell versus the Chargers have two, so he all of a sudden came out of nowhere. He's been quiet, and then Max Crosby with four last week. 
but they're feasting on bad offensive lines. The Chargers Which is had the two, Jets. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Right, that's what I'm worried about. And and last the last two games, Mike, we went against teams that pass rush wasn't to the level because like uh, people might look and they're not going to look at the Raiders passers as elite but they have these young guys that might be on the ascension up but they're getting better Mike they, uh, Mike, they have guys like Foley on our team that not if you're not a Jeff fan you probably don't know that much about him we're getting into Foley Fatsukasi in a second because Mike you have a stat from him from week 6 which is tremendous and every Jeff fan should know but they have a lot of guys like that that maybe only Raider fans know about that are really good and our offensive line is what it is and this week especially in the last week Offensive line played great. And one, I want to let all Jet fans know, since the beginning of the year, on injured reserve, Mike, and you mentioned everyone that wasn't there last week, we've had Avery Williamson, Quincy Inua, Blake Cashman, Trent Cannon, Bellamy, Tremaine Johnson, Brian Winters, Chris Herndon, Ryan Khalil, Ovale, and Trevor Simeon. All those guys I just mentioned are injured reserve right now. And the Jets, I mean, so there's a lot of context to the situation where maybe that maybe that lends itself, Mike, to one of the reasons why uh, Gase got a vote of support from the Johnsons, considering Falk was in there for three games, considering everyone that's been out. And what we talked about before the season started, Mike, me and you, and the Wook, is that the Jets have good starters on offense and defense. Like, the starting roster on yep. both sides is good when you looked at it, right? But if we have any injuries... We're yeah. probably going to be in rough shape. We have no depth, and instead of having a few injuries, yeah, we've had a ton of them. You were the Yankees. That, so that football. So, and, and if you look at it like that, I think that's one of the reasons, Mike, maybe that Gase got the vote of support from Johnson that he got recently. I don't know. I, we haven't really talked about that. We didn't really talk about it last week either, Mike. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that played into it? All the injuries we've had, and the fact that Luke Falk played three games, and it's like almost like we wasted three games of the season. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think. Look, it takes some time for a new coach and a new quarterback and a new system to implement itself and then you throw in the mono and then you throw in the injuries and then you throw in the tough schedule and it and you, and you throw in in New York and know all the jet fans and all everything and seeing ghost and it becomes the abyss but now and and here but here you you said something to me though that I am afraid of with the Raiders with their pass rush so Sam Darnold's record in his career, he's seven and four when being sacked two times or less. He's 0 and nine when sacked three or more times. Right now, we talk about offensive line. This season, he has the lowest drop back percentage, 56.7% with a clean pocket than any other quarterback in the NFL, meaning he has the least amount of time with a clean pocket over any quarterback in the league. His seven interceptions under pressure right now are second most behind Jameis Winston. So what we're seeing from Sam is when he's under pressure, and we know this, and this happened in the Washington game we'll go into later. When he's under pressure, he feels like he's got to make a play, and he starts running backwards, trying to make plays, and he throws interceptions. But Darnold is tied for second with six touchdowns under pressure as well, which goes to show you that he's a baller. That's the type of quarterback he is. He tries to make plays no matter what. And I am a little bit afraid because if the Raiders get to Sam, as I just stated with the with the stats are right in front of you, um, we're not going to be in for a good day. Back to this game versus the Redskins this weekend, uh, Mike. Sam, like you said, 19 for 34 TDs, one in. Lev had 18 carries, 59 yards, a touchdown. Block Powell. And you know what's funny? You saw the difference if you watched the game in the running styles of Bilal Powell and the running style of Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, who if, if Le'Veon Bell has a really elite, good offensive line, he's almost unstoppable. Yeah. 
right? Because the way he stops and waits for a hole and he's patient, if he has our offensive line, that's effective. Yeah. But if you have a guy like Bilal Powell, who the way he runs is north-south, and he, he hits the hole as hard as possible. It's why he's had a lot of injuries in his career. But seven carries, 42 yards from Bilal Powell, Mike. So he had a little bit of a resurgence last week. You saw Josh Adams get some carries at the end of the game. Notre Dame product. But one of the big keys from the game offensively was the, the play of Griffin, tight end Ryan Griffin, Mike. 100, 109 yards of touchdown. A lot of big plays to him, too. It's almost like they just left him open all the time. I was watching the game, and all the times he caught a ball... They just ignored him, yes. you know, and maybe it was maybe it was Robbie Anderson. Now, you mentioned Robbie before, uh, Mike, stretching the field. He did, have, he did have a touchdown this week, but the last two weeks, he's only had two catches. In the last four weeks, he's only had, I think, four or five catches. He's almost been, like, used as a decoy to open up other things for the Jets where he hasn't actually had the production as far as the stat line goes. Um, but I think last week, like you mentioned... He didn't have a lot of catches, but if you do remember, he had one big catch that was called back on a holding penalty. That probably would have been another 35-yard gain for him, so his stat line would have looked a little bit better um, if you look at that. But another takeaway from this game I had, Mike, is about our boy Foley Fatrukasi, Far Rockaway Queens, clocking it on the scales, 6'4", 300 pounds, six week six in the NFL. There's only two defensive linemen in the league, guys, that are rated higher than Foley Fatukasi. Now, he doesn't start, he doesn't play most of the, he plays half the plays of the game. I'm like, right. he's not a starter. I'm usually comes off the bench because the reason he doesn't start is we have McClendon, we had Leonard Williams, we have Henry Anderson, we have Quentin Williams who we drafted, we have Phillips, we have Nathan Shepard. Yep. And Foley Fatukasi, since week six, the third highest rated defensive lineman in the National Football League, Calais Campbell, and the first is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald has currently six sacks on the season. There's another player that has six sacks on the season, too. Do you know who that is, Keith? I do know who that is. His name is Jamal Adams, and I was going to get to him because this is one of the reasons why Jets fans in their head. Now, as this year has gone on, we, we have not been great. Not been a lot of good units on our team to point to. But when it comes to running the football against the Jets... Teams can't run the ball on us, and probably a lot of people don't know why, because they don't know the Jets personnel, and that makes a lot of sense, because they don't have a lot of guys, besides Quinton Williams, people might know, but he's not even the guy. When you have a guy like Foley in the middle, guys like McClendon, you have a guy like Kyle Phillips, Mike, yeah. <laughs> from Tennessee, rookie. Now, one of the reasons Leonard Williams is gone, there's two reasons he's gone. One of them is Foley, Fatukasi's play. The other, the other one is Phillips, 6'4", 275, Tennessee. Leonard Williams this season has 20 tackles, 5 QB hits, 0 tackles for a loss. Kyle Phillips has 31 tackles, 6 tackles for a loss, 4 QB hits, 1 sack. He's a rookie. Yep. Leonard Williams is in his 5th year making 50, making $50 million. So you have you have a rookie outproducing Leonard Williams, playing better than him all over the field. That's one of the reasons he's gone. That's one of the reasons that seems to be so good. Besides, the other guy, who's Jamal Adams, who this right. season, he is just... He's, He's gone off the charts, Mike. Now, He's 56 tackles. He has an interception, which he returned for a touchdown. He has six passes deflected, two forced fumbles this year, eight tackles for a loss. He has nine quarterback hits, and he has six sacks. Every single thing you could possibly do as a safety yep. in the National Football League is what he's doing. Yep. He's all over the place. Last year, he had 115 tackles. He's probably not going to get there again. He might finish closer to 100 this year, Mike. But his stats this year so far, he's showing everyone what, why he thinks in his mind. He said he's Tom Brady. He's Aaron Donald. He's yep. one of these elite up echelon one percenter players in the NFL. After he said that statement, he got criticized on Twitter. And I understand why. Right. And we, 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 we joked around about it on this podcast. Yep. After he said that, look what he's done. 
I I know you I know you have called me in the past saying that I'm like very similar to Don King the way I like, but I'm going to say something that is very controversial potentially with Jet fans. The greatest season I have ever seen of any Jet ever is the 2009 Darrell Revis season where he was the best cornerback probably ever as far as coverage for that year. Four seasons. Look at it. Four seasons. Four seasons. It was it was unbelievable. You remember that. Like he went against oh, yeah. Tron. He went against And the, and, Mike, you know, and the thing people if you go look, people who know football, if you go look at the teams they played and then you look up the teams they played number one receivers, this dude shut down like twelve pro bowlers in one season. Like that was an off yeah. the charts unbelievable season. It was it was the best for, for, for quality, for executing on field, it was the best I've ever seen any player, a Jet player, ever play. <laughs> now, what I'm seeing out of out of Jamal Adams right now, these last couple of games, if he continues what I'm seeing, this performance will surpass that year. It will, because this what we're seeing is unheard of. Keith, he's first in tackles, first in sacks, first in tackles for a loss, first in pass breakups, first in forced fumbles, First in fumble recoveries, first in defensive touchdowns, second in on the team in interceptions. He has six sacks, has more sacks than Khalil Mack right now. He's a defensive back. He's on pace to break the all-time defensive back sack record. What, what, what right now, this is historic. And what's so crazy that uh, Dan brought this up earlier before we started recording is that he talks. He talks a lot, and. You know, sometimes you you really respect the guy that doesn't talk and just talks by his game, like the Barry Sanders, those guys, like, all right. But those guys who talk the trash and then they back it up, yo, it's like, oh, all right. I got like Muhammad Ali, like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali talked mad trash to Cassius Clay, 21-year-old kid. Man, Cassius Clay came in and just started fighting him. He's like, what's my name? What's my name, son? And what are you gonna say to that? Like it's crazy. Like you say it, and then you no, I know exactly you. what you mean. Big You're up. right. People, people that yeah, do that and man. also back it up and play at that level, or maybe raise their level even. Right. Uh, I mean, they get a lot of love. And like oh, like yeah. Mike said, I don't know if you mentioned Mike. You know, through his first three years, he has 11 and a half sacks already, which is the most by a defensive back in the history of the NFL. You know, and that's like that's something else. That's crazy. You know, and another guy, Mike, to, to take a look at, and Jeff fans talked about him last week. We talked about him in the preseason. A guy that Jets took in the draft who was on pace or at least projected to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL, tore his knee up, came back uh, at Rutgers, tore his knee up again as a senior, didn't even play a game. Basan Austin started his first game last week and played, and it was amazing. This week, Mike, he was, like, even better. Yeah, he finished with a 77.2 overall grade in Week 11, which was the highest on the team's defense and the 11th best among cornerbacks this, this week. He looked great. Look, he's athletic. He's tall. You know what he reminds me of? I don't know if this you agree, but he reminds me of Cromartie, actually. He looks like Cromartie. He's long and lanky and can jump. Like he's got he's got range. Um, I love what I've seen. And you know what? We thought that Joe Douglas was gonna have a huge feat in trying to get two cornerbacks in the offseason. If Blessing could continue to be blessing this team with his skills, <laughs> maybe maybe he only needs one. Mike has his pun game on point right yeah. now, everybody. And yo, yeah. the thing is, Mike, he's one of these. It's one of those scenarios where 
the talent on paper NFL teams knew was there. So this, this guy could be great, but if you tear your knee up twice, you're going to slide to the sixth yeah. round, which is what happened with him. Like right. The fact that he even right. got drafted after having two knee surgeries in college as a cornerback, you have to be pretty good for that even to happen. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that he's healthy now and he's back the past two weeks, our, our corner, our, we're so thin at corner. Yeah. This kid immediately is out there playing. You know, he's making plays. And last but not least, let's let's give him another shout-out. Let's get the Canadian National Anthem on right there. Nathan Shepard. Once again, Canadian Thanos. In the back, he's in backfield tearing things up. What's what is happening? What, what, it, what happened to him? He's like unleashed all of a sudden. He's like he's like born again. I think... Last week, he actually I, had an impact I, I on the game. I think that Leonard Williams leaving has opened the door to these young kids. And they're giving them more opportunities to show their case their talents and you're starting to see you see Kyle Phillips Canadian Thanos Kofoli Fatukasi you know all doing well and Quentin Williams is just sitting there drinking his tea yes I mean he's had one game this year where he made an impact and besides that uh, not so much I mean all the other guys that people don't know as much about Mike are playing much better than him we talked about it we banded it about now let's just get into the review of the game I know everyone waits for this all week oh god they tweet about it. They gather around their radios like the old days people did in the 30s. Oh, there's they gather their family there. They start the fire. Yep. They all have dinners out, and they wait for Michael Garris's game yep. review. Let's get to it. The situation kind uh, of got heavy on me. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very difficult season to digest. Winless on the road thus far, the Jets would look to go on a winning streak against Washington. After beating their cross-timed rivals last week, Gang Green would take the stage with a spark in their eye, ready to climb out of the deep abyss into the light. To start, the offense would come out with its fourth straight score on an opening drive, an incompletion to Crowder on the first play. But coaches would challenge, reverse the call, setting the tone for the Jets going forward. Bell to the right for four, Sam to Thomas for nine and a first down. Bell up the middle for nine, Sam to Crowder for 17, pushing the Jets into Washington territory. Darnold takes the snap, one, two, three options covered. Smartly checks down to Bell for a 12-yard gain. First and 10 from the Washington 10. Touchdown, Daniel Brown. Great read, patience, throw. P- Sam Pickin misses the point attempt, but I thought that was a great yeah, touchdown. Yeah, it's the fourth week in a row the Jets have had an opening drive touchdown, which is bizarre because before that we couldn't score an opening drive forever. When he scored the touchdown, I know across the nation, Jet Nation was taking their phones out. Oh, yeah. And saying, who's Daniel Brown? Where'd he come from? Yep. Touchdown, Jets! Let's go! Washington, five plays on nine yards and a punt. Defense coming out, brought great pressure, forcing Hackens to fumble the ball early. Reciprocally, the Jets would do five plays, 25 yards, and Sam would fumble, but the, they wouldn't give it up. Offensive line was getting beat. Adoga was getting worked early. Washington would get the ball back and go three and out. Stopped by Blessing Austin on a run and a pass play. Jamal Adams, with his first sack of the game, would lead to, to this stop. New York would begin to utilize different offensive personnel. Now, Powell was inserted into the lineup for the first time. He would start off with a reception for five yards from Sam. Darnold would spread the ball to Thomas and again to Powell, completing 13 and 14-yard gains consecutively. Powell would shift to the left, break another run for six yards, and then again for 17. 
We're starting to see Powell really moving the ball here. The Jet offense using a bounce attack through the air and on the ground against Washington's defense. The Jets would attempt a field goal, but after a rough and kicker penalty, the Jets would end up on first and goal. Darnold takes the snap. Robbie! Touchdown! <laughs> Touchdown! Woo-hoo! His only catch of the day. Good job by the Jets there. That roughing the kicker, that's just a killer. That's a killer. When a yeah. team's going for a yeah. field goal and some jabroni from special teams that you don't even know who he is comes flying in and smashes the kicker's ankle, that was huge. In my head, I'm like, they have to capitalize on this. They did. 14 nothing. Jets and Mike. At this point, they're rolling. They're rolling. That was a great pass by Sam on the run. Washington would answer. Three plays, negative nine yards, and a punt highlighted by a sack from Henry Anderson. Jets would have an opportunity to put them away early, but Sam would throw a pass intended to tie Montgomery. Interception off his back foot, trying to make things happen when it's not there. It just looks, I mean, this is one of those, these are the passes that uh, just make you shake your head when you watch. It just You don't see the really good quarterbacks look so indecisive and throw the ball into a place like this. I mean, everyone's going to throw interceptions. Usually when a really good quarterback's throwing interceptions it's because a defensive player made a really good play. Um, classes like this, Mike, are make you scratch your head and I get a little worried because at this point, you're not thinking the game's over. You're not thinking the Jets are going to win. You're thinking right. it's tight. Bad play by Sam. These are the things that moving forward he's going to have to clean up. He has to clean it up. Washington would end up just getting a field goal stopped by a sack by the Canadian Thanos. <laughs> then... What happens? Vincent Smith, fumble. Jet Washington gets the ball back. This <laughs> Plays like this, if they were playing a really good team, this is how they get back into the, into, the, into the game. They would go six plays for 16 yards and miss a field goal to keep the score at 13-3. After a pair of punts, the Jets would get the ball back with a minute 19 to go. Bell lined up in the slot and would catch a deep pass from Sam for 21 yards. No huddle, Sam goes deep for Griffin to 45 yards, putting the Jets all the way down on the Washington 16. First and 10 from Washington 16. Touchdown! Woo! Trying to scare the Wookiee this time, make him jump. Get him, get him going. That's there. three, three plays, three Mike. touchdowns. Oh yeah, three plays. This was impressive to me, Keith. With a minute nineteen, they moved all the way down the field. This was manufactured by Sam. It gets to show you his big playability. This quarterback was able to do. Jamal Adams would sack Haskins for the second sack of the day, ending the first half and going into the second. Jets would start off the second half, stopping the Redskins from going on a fourth down. After a pair of punts, New York would get the ball back and go on an impressive 10-play, 60-yard scoring drive. Gase would turn back to Bell to manufacture a first down after a couple of plays. Sam would complete a pass to Griffin for six and a first down. Penalty would go against Thomas for pass interference, and Gase would challenge it and win. How many times have we seen... A pass interference challenged and then it never won. happened. It never Very happened, especially because the refs. The thing is, the refs don't want to look bad, Mike. The refs don't want to look like they made the wrong call, which I think is some type of a ref conspiracy, Could where be. it's almost like every close call, they never change it. Yeah, well, some of them are pretty definitive, but I mean, it's pretty yeah. ballsy to go for it. You, uh, you ever seen that movie Monsters and or uh, Monsters University yes. and that squid-looking thing? That, that's exactly what Gase's assistant looks like with that flag throwing the foot down Loggins. I mean, he just reminds me of that that octopus looking. He, he Loggins anyway, looks, it, it, looks just like Patton Oswalt. 
Kenny? On the sideline. <laughs> He's Patton Oswalt with a headset. 5-1 bagel boss. Tossing the flag. I think he threw his shoulder out tossing that flag out there. Oh my God. Little jabroni that he is. <laughs> Powell to the right for two. Bell to the left for three. Third and five from the Washington 25. This guy, Mike, this year, he's he's on pace to get right around 900 yards. And you, and you think with Crowder, he's on pace for this great season. And he had three games with Luke Falk that basically the Jets didn't even have offensive stats. Right. So say you yeah. give say you give him Sam those three games. He's averaging about 55 yards a game. Say Sam plays those three games. Oh, yeah. He'd probably have 40, 50 yards, and he'd probably have well over 1,000 yards for the season. Yep. Um, our best off-season signing by far, because Mosley has not been able to get on the field, Mike, Bell's been Bell has. I, I'm not even saying it's Bell's fault. Our offensive line is so bad. Bell hasn't even been able to do anything, right. you know. And he, but he's still in this game. He played pretty good. But Crowder, I think, Mike, that was our best offseason signing. Big touchdown here for him. Absolutely agree. Imagine what he will do with an actual number one wide receiver opposite of him next year. Let's see what happens if the Mountain can do it. Washington would get the ball. Interception, Neville oh, Hewitt. There you go. <laughs> Now, just so everyone knows, Neville Hewitt's first moment in the league, ABG was on it. Yep. We've been shouting Neville yes. out. We hoped he made the team last year. Yep. His whole entire evolution to this moment in his career has been caught. It's been right here with us. We've been riding and dying with him and made a big play this game. And he's been playing, obviously, because of our injuries yep. at middle linebacker, which have been mind boggling. The fact that Avery Williamson and C.J. Mosley, we drank a Blake Cashman, he comes in, he plays good, he gets hurt. Like, it's, it's unreal what's happened to us when it comes to middle linebacker. But Neville Hewitt has come on, come in, stepped up. He's out there calling plays on defense. Oh, yeah. And, Mike, he's playing great. Playing great. Leading the Jets in interceptions. Second and goal from the Washington 2. Le'Veon. Second and goal from the 1. Le'Veon Bell is in for a Jets touchdown. Le'Veon finally Ooh. getting in there. He gets in the end zone. Touchdown him. for him. He ended up with a, with a pretty decent day, Mike uh, Le'Veon. In the passing game, like you said, that earlier drive, that 21-yard reception, they don't, they haven't tried that and done that a lot with Lev. Line him up out there and throw those long passes, but here he gets a nice little short touchdown. And at this point, you finally have one of those scenarios, Mike, where you're like, wow, I'm watching a football game. Yeah. I could chill. Yeah. I could just go outside and walk my dog. I don't have to be crazy. I could maybe go outside. I could drink a beer. I could relax. We're crushing a team. Yeah. And it's been a minute. We have a couple wins this year. They've all been tight. We have not had any, t- any times this year where the Jets have just steamrolled anybody. This is the week. This oh, is the time. Man. Crushing the Redskins at this point. And after that, Mike, there wasn't too much. I mean, they had some garbage time TDs. Yeah, some garbage. So, yeah, they ended up 34-17 at the end of the game. That's some garbage teams. But the Jets win again. Second in a row. And we're looking to see if we can get number three against the Oakland Raiders next week. And that's what we're going to get into right now. Big mm-hmm. Jet W last week. Now we're going to get into the game this week. We have a Raider expert here in the house, Dan Scampoli. We also have a Wookiee here Yep. Uh, at Crystal Lake Studios. Michael Garrison, from Texas, so there's a lot going on here, guys. Let's get into it. Raiders, Jets, yeah. Yeah. Week 12, NFL, let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. 
Okay, everybody, so here we go. Week 12, NFL, Raiders, Jets. Now, my, my buddy Dan, we've known him our entire life, so he's been a Raider fan his entire life, diehard Raider fan, to the point he actually has the Raider logo tattooed on his body, ladies and gentlemen. And before we start talking about this game, I just want to ask Dan to repeat to ABG Nation and all our thousands of listeners how you referred to the Jets when you looked forward to the schedule and talked about the Chargers, the Jets, the Bengals. I think it was Toilet Bowl team. It was Toilet Teams. Toilet Teams. Okay, there you go. So, just so everyone knows, that's the filter in the lens. Dan's looking at the Jets. No respect for our franchise. I, I can't I can't blame him, though. I can't blame him. Oh, I'm not, did I say I'm blaming him? You know? no, I didn't do that. Yeah. That's the yeah. I'm just letting everyone know that. Mike has a lot of, for some reason, mm. a lot of anger built up by the Raiders or Raider Nation. Or maybe yeah. it's just Dan personally, for whatever reason. And I know, Mike, that you had a few things you wanted to say to Dan about the Raiders because you know he's disrespected the gangrene. And I think you're a little fired up about that. I, I was fired up when he referred to our team as the toilet bowl. I mean, looking at the way the Raiders have been executing, they have improved. There's no question about it from the way they've been playing the past couple of years. I think John Gruden's first season as a coach was an utter destructive uh, mess, a dumpster fire, kind of the way Gase's is right now. Um, but this year, despite losing Antonio Brown, despite having some injuries, they turn it around. And, and uh, I was a big believer in David Carr earlier in his career. I've been disappointed the way he's played. But this year, it looks like they're playing a much more balanced offense. And um, I definitely believe it's going to be an exciting challenge on Sunday. Um, we could definitely get into what we think about the Raiders going forward and their chances actually in the playoffs and how Coach Gruden will be in the future. I'm not saying I think everything is looking great, but I will say that there is improvement this year. There's no question. I can't argue against that. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, compared to last year, their offense is obviously way better. And right. their offensive line is probably one of the better offensive lines, I think. I don't, I don't know what their rating is, a like PFF or anything like that, but you just like look at the fact that Derek Carr doesn't get sacked. And Derek Carr, any quarterback who's worth his salt, if he's protected, he's going to probably play pretty well. And he always has shown in his career, especially the year, there was one year down, I know he threw some more than 30 touchdowns. So yeah, in that year, he, he it was the same type of year where he actually had a lot of protection, he was able to do his thing. And Carr this year, Mike, it's probably his best year that he's ever had. His, his QB rating is 105. I mean, that's when you have 105 QB rating, that's an Aaron Rodgers QB rating. You know, that's a, like Rodgers' yeah, I'm looking career at it right now. like 105. Yeah. So you're operating in a land where you're being very efficient with the ball. Um, that's what he's done all year. He's only gotten sacked 15 times. On offense, the Raiders are clocking in guys. Uh, they have 22 points a game, 22 and a half points a game, which is 18th. But in yards, they're 11, 371. Passing their 13th, 243, which is pretty good. But rushing their 9th, they're 128. So yep. when you're 13th in passing and 9th in rushing, that's as balanced as it gets. So, I mean, a lot of teams would prefer to have that than have your team be top two or three in one category and then in the 20s in another. You'd rather have that balance. So they've been able to show a lot of balance on offense. When it comes to defense, Mike, on their 21st in points and yards, their 20th, pass their 27th, rushing their 17th. They've given up three different 400-yard passers this year, the Raiders. So I don't know if the Jets are able to do that because I don't know if our, if our offensive line is good enough to actually give Sam enough time to push the ball down the field passing. Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, right. all those teams actually have decent offensive lines. The Jets don't. The Raiders have really good young d- defensive linemen, and I don't know if Sam's going to have the time, Mike, that these other guys had. I know, I know other teams are able. I'm, we'll, we'll get to Dan too. I know other teams have been able to pass the ball on the Raiders, but 
Do the, yeah. will the Jets with the offensive line we have right now, and I know they played okay the last two weeks, I just don't know if they're going to be able to afford Sam the time to be able to do that. I don't know, and that is something that I'm really worried about. I think that the Raiders' run game, Josh, I, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be or going to be able to execute against this defensive line, so I'm not too worried about the running attack. Uh, Darren Waller, we, our middle linebackers obviously are annihilated. So I think with Blessing and with, uh, Arthur Millette, their, their receivers don't really scare me. I know Renfro has been playing pretty well as of late. Um, but I, they're not like Antonio Brown, no offense, not trying to spark any nerves, but they're not like AB. They're not somebody who's going to blow the, blow the doors off you, right? So I think from a secondary standpoint, I'm not 100% worried, but I am worried about the middle of that field, and I am worried about Waller just annihilating what we have as far pretty much practice players in the middle of the field. I agree with you. If you can run the ball like they've done so far this year, what's the Raiders record right now, uh, Dan? Six and four. Six and four. So they play 10 games. Jacobs already has 923 yards. That means he's averaging yeah, 92 yards a game. So, I mean, if he does it the rest of the year, he's going to have 1,500 yards rushing. So, like, when you have that type of production, that means that guys like Waller, Williams, Renfro, they don't have to be thousand yard guys. It doesn't right. matter because you have a running back mm. who's killing it. You have a quarterback who's being super efficient. So I don't know. You don't you don't it almost is like if you're able to run the ball like they've been able to do, you don't even I'm, this sounds crazy. You could probably be effective without an A B type guy. Right. Because you're running the ball so well. So mm-hmm. teams have to play the run. They have yep. to try to stop the run against the Raiders, which opens it up for the Raiders and all year for Carr. In that environment, with given protection, he's been slinging. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. he's, he hasn't really had that yeah. bad games this year, to be honest. And that's now, what I'm, I'm worried about. I'm going to say something. If they're able to run it, Mike, we're going to be in for a long day. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm going to say something. You know, last week, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost. The, uh, let's see, the Houston Texans lost. The Titans were on a bye. Um, I believe the Chargers ended up losing. Um, a lot of these teams that are fighting for the playoffs, the, the AFC is in shambles. Now, the Jets actually making the playoffs is a joke. I mean, they would have to literally run the table. But, but, if they were to try to go ahead and do that, this game coming up here is very, very important because the Raiders are one of those teams vying for one of those spots. So if they were to try to go on a magical run, beat the Raiders, beat the whack Bengals, attack and destroy the Dolphins the way they should have, and then go into a Thursday, the, go into a Thursday night game against the mighty Baltimore Ravens. Right, six, six, and seven, or no, they'd be five and seven. Ravens are delivering scrapings to the league. They're scrape. They're that right, right. But this is what would happen if they were to beat the Raiders on Sunday. They would set themselves up to play two of the worst teams in the NFL, and then go into six a Thursday night game, six and seven, Re- ready. And if they won somehow, that would have Jet fans on full like, oh my God, what's going on? If they could beat Lamar Jackson, my God, oh wow, what right? So. Again, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. But <coughs> you know what? It ain't easy being green, man. Let me dream. Let me, I mean, now I'm just going to just. Oh, no. Well, this is the thing. If, if anybody, like we always say, if anyone hit play and is listening to a Jet podcast, yep. they want the dream. They oh, want yeah. us to throw out the 5% chance because yeah. we have to talk about it. <laughs> That's what Mike does. You have to have the head glass full. Why would you not? Of course. I mean, our life is tough. Uh, but if, it, if that hypothetical small. 
infinitesimal chance of a thing happened, it would have to start <laughs> with this weekend in a W. Uh, it was. The Raiders it are favored. I think it was two and a half points. Maybe it's more than that now. Three. It's three now, yeah. I, know, I thought three. it was probably going to go up. So it's in a, and so that makes sense. So, so the home team usually get three points. So the Raiders are favored. They so basically six points. Um, the bookies think the Raiders are better than the Jets, which makes sense. And that's, uh, that's about where the line should be, I think. Now, when he made the Toilet Bowl team statement, that was a few weeks ago. I know the Jets have not gotten that much better. But he still now has come to this point now where he does have nerves. I'm, He's worried. I'm horrified. Right now, that's what's going to ask. What, what's I'm your opinion, I'm horrified. <laughs> what? I, if you go back with the Jets and the Raiders, first of all, this is Carr coming back from his first game ever as a pro was the last time he played at MetLife. This is coming back to MetLife. They're 6-4, and four, a surprising 6-4. and four, But if you go back to the Jets and the Raiders, all they all play close games. Yeah. These two teams play close all the time to a point where you can remember when the blowouts happened, like when Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog on the sideline in Oakland yep. and uh, Marshawn Lynch dancing on the sideline. Yep. You can remember those things because those were the blowouts. The rest of the time, these two these teams play close. This is a this is a rivalry that goes back a long time, and I love it. I love it. That's true. Yeah, I remember when Jerry Rice beat us in the playoffs. Remember, yep. and Keith, our, our kicker, missed. Yep. Yeah, we don't have to. And you wanted to. <laughs> that was a horror show because you guys were you guys were in Oakland, and then you had to go. But this year uh, on the on the Raiders, Mike. Jacobs is coming in 923 yards, 17 E's in just 10 games, so he's killing it. Waller, uh, 666 yards, coming in 666. You know, you know Mike. Williams, 462, 5 TDs. Renfro, 365, 2 TDs. I think one of the keys to the game is going to be just Carr versus the Jets secondary, Mike. I think it's, that's what it's going to come down to because I think the Raiders are really good at running the ball, so they'll probably run it a little bit better than most teams have against us, but we're good at stopping the run, so I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball all over the place. But our secondary is not that good. And I know we played okay the last couple weeks, but going up against Daniel Jones, even though he's able to still throw four touchdowns, and last week, uh, as bad as Haskins is and the Redskins are, he still was able to throw a couple touchdowns as the game went on. Carr is much better than either of those guys. Way better than either of those guys. So uh, before we do predictions on the game, I wanted to get your guys quick, quick takes. Just say the team you think is going to win. I'm just going to go just over three games real quick based off of uh, what looks like the playoff schedule. So the very first game, Indianapolis at Houston. Dan, who wins that game? Uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I think Watson is nursing an ankle. All right. I think Houston goes that day after the game last week. That was tough. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I don't know, I, I think uh, Brissett will be back, I think, for this game, right? Yeah. Yes, so, he will. So Indianapolis has been tough all year, and they Max run the ball really good, but Max hurt. And I think with after the game last week, Houston needs this win. Yeah. they got to take this yes. win. Yes. So I'm going with Houston, Texas. Yes. Nick? Um, I'll go with Indy, just because I like that uh, Brissett's back. He's back in the swing of things. It is going to be tough. Yeah, uh, especially if Wilkins plays, that's a backfield. And Ty, I think Ty is a big one. I think he's Ty. On the fence. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if they get him back, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other ball of wax there. All right, I got Houston, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Dan, I like Tennessee. I think uh, Henry's just running it. I, you know, he's tough to stop. That was a big win when they beat Kansas City. So I'm gonna go Tennessee. Yeah. All right, yeah, you know what? Where's this game at, Mike? Who's the home team? Uh, it is in You know, I guess it doesn't matter. Does Jacksonville have a good home field advantage? No. Not at all. Now, I think Jacksonville with Foles, if you look last week, they actually played pretty good. But I'll go with Tennessee in this game, too. I think the defense is a lot better than people think. 
And uh, Henry, historically, if you look, I know not not the last game to play for Jacksonville, but his best game was like in his career versus right. the Jaguars for whatever reason. Even when the Jaguars had a great defense, but that one game he ran for like 220 yards against them. Like he went off out of his yeah. mind. Nice. And and Nick? Uh, I'll go with Tennessee as well. Henry is going to have a huge day. Look at what uh, Mac and Williams were able to do against him you know, last week. So, I, I, Henry's, he's, I, I could see him dropping 30 fantasy points in our league. Let's put it that way. You know what's crazy, Mike? I was yeah. I was looking at the stats. So, completion percentage. The only person that has car beat is Tannehill. I know. And that's why I'm going to go Tennessee, too. Because Tannehill has had a resurgence since getting out of the claws of Adam Gase. And uh, he's looking really, really good over there with that new team under Mike Vrabel as the coach. So I got Tennessee winning that. My big upset is going to be Buffalo losing to Denver uh, at home on Sunday. That's that's an upset I have. And then with Jets-Oakland, you want to know my honest opinion. I think the Jets could win, but the pass rush really scares me. And I look at Sam and how he plays with... Uh, under duress, and I think you guys are going to get to him, and I think we're going to lose a close one. That's just my You know, opinion. last week when we were talking about the Jets versus Skins, I gave the most fugazi answer to who I thought was going to win. It was so vague, and just, I usually am very definitive human being when I say things. It was the previous week versus the Giants when we talked about it. After the garbage we saw prior to that game, yep. uh, it was hard for me to go out on a limb and actually pick the Jets to win. Right. You just sound stupid. Yep. Say your team is playing like trash. You're like, oh, I think we're going to win. Someone says, why? You're like, I don't yeah. I don't really have a reason why. You have to have a reason I why. I feel it. Now, the last two weeks, they've actually played better. Yep. But going into this game versus the Raiders, I think the Raiders have a, a really good offense this year. They're operating really well. I think our defense has been a lot better than people realize. We actually look at the points the defense gave up as opposed to the total points we've just been given up because we've given up so many pick sixes and stupid things of that nature. Um, our defense is a little bit better than people think. I think the, the, the spread in this game is correct. I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to go with what I've been doing the past two weeks, which has worked effectively, which is one time picking the Jets to lose, one time Hem and Haw not even give a prediction. And let's keep the energy going in that same direction. Not that I want the Raiders to win, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think a lot closer game than people think. Right. And the Raiders will maybe pull out a close yeah. game versus the Jets uh, this week in MetLife. But we've been playing much better on offense, which is encouraging. You just have to hope that can continue versus the Raiders. I know teams will be able to pass the ball on them, Mike. It's all going to come down to our off- offensive line, which offensive line shows up. Beecham's playing. Harris is going to be there at center. I know Doga's banged up. He's probably not going to play. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what it's going to be about, man. What offensive line is going to play? Are they going to actually give him any protection, or, or is he going to be running around all day like a chicken with his head cut off? I mean, that's basically what it's going to come down to for the whole day for me, but I think it's going to be a close game, and we'll probably lose a close one this weekend. Dan, what's your... Well... I want to say strength versus strength when you go uh, Raiders running game versus Jets run defense. But I think you guys hit it on the nose. I think it's going to fall on the Jets O-line against the Raiders young D-line. But I don't think we're going to get to Darnold as much as you think. I've been thinking this all week. I'm looking at about 30-27 Raiders. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Darnold's really going to have a good day. And I think they're going to lose a, a heartbreaker, maybe last-minute field goal. I just, the, you know, the thing about the Jets that you got to like, and this is why I, I'm horrified of it, because everybody can say, oh, your schedule's weak, but it's how you beat those teams. And last week, the Raiders came out flat-footed against the Ofer Bengals, and, I mean, basically played flat the entire game, barely squ- uh, squeaked out. 
the Jets demolished the Redskins. So the you know when you face a a team that's worse, you have to treat them like they're worse. Yes, yeah, true. That's true. That's true. True. And the Raiders are way point. better, obviously, than the Bengals. And maybe they like maybe they took them lightly, and maybe this week they'll correct that versus the Jets because they're better than the Jets too. But the Jets are actually a, a much better team than the Bengals, and like all over the place. Right. But, but I do think this weekend will be a good game. I think the spread's perfect, and I think if the Jets do lose, I think it is going to be around three points or less than a possession. I don't think it's going to be a blowout for either team, obviously, just because of the way the two teams played. But the way, the way the Raiders are played this year, you know, they're averaging twenty-two points, twenty-two and a half points a game, and on defense, they're actually giving up twenty-five points a right. game. So all their games have been super close, basically. You know, that's the gist of that. You know, so right. Um, so we'll see what it is, man. I know Dan's gonna be out there with us in Man Life. All the Jeff fans will be what out there. What about Wook? What's your what's Wook's prediction? Oh, what do you got, Wook? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Jets. Oh, 33 <laughs> Just to play contrarian here, I'll go the other way. We gotta give, we gotta go ahead and give the Wookiee the respect out there because he, unlike me and Mike, he just stepped to the plate, yep. took the Jets for a W this week you know, versus the Raiders. <laughs> it's probably, it's, it's definitely going against the grain, but uh, I can see it being a shootout, like Dan said. Yeah. The Jets getting the upper hand of that instead of instead of the other way. You know, it's funny, Mike. Mike. If you actually do, if the Jets beat the Raiders, I think you're right. I think then you start, there's almost a glimmer of hope yeah. for the playoffs. That you can go on a Because, I, you know, it is what it is. You beat the Giants, you beat the Redskins, but you beat the Raiders and you're building a team that's in a in playoff contention. And then, you know, Sam Darnold doesn't look like he was crazy saying, hey, listen, we're still in this. Yeah, and, and you know what, guys? Well, Sam Darnold yeah, yeah. has started... Seven games this year before this week, right? And he's three and four. Mm-hmm. And he is three. The and game four. versus the Bills. I know we lost seventeen sixteen. That should have been a win. Oh, he, he should be four and three right now, Sam. So um, with him at the helm for the Jets, we're a regular offense that can actually operate. Uh, when we had Luke Falk in there, that was just three games we basically just gave away. I mean, he came yep. in the game when Simmy got his leg snapped by Garrett. Oh, we, we we haven't had a chance to talk about this, have we? AEBG. Or any of us. Miles uh, Garrett smashing. Mason Rudolph with the helmet. The helmet. helmet yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Right it's not even, I don't even know if I should laugh at it. Punch someone else in the face and got thrown out of the games. That was something to behold. I had never seen anything like that on a football field before, ever. No. And uh, it was interesting this week how that unfolded. People making excuses left and right for different players on their team. But that was something else. That I was, was out of control. That was. I've never seen anything like. If you would have hit him with the other side of that helmet, what, what? All right, and I'm not putting any blame on Mason Rudolph. Why are you running? Well, I know why you're running towards him because what normal person thinking I'm going to get hit in the head with my helmet right now? Also, you know what I said like a lot of times is that one of the reasons he ran up on him after the helmet because what happens is this. Miles Garrett. If you watch the play, right? My, uh, Mason Rudolph throws a pass. After he throws the pass, Garrett runs up at him with, with, not, with not that much momentum right. and continues to drag him to the ground. So Rudolph got mad, tries Super to get Garrett's mask. Guess what happens to you when trying to get Miles Garrett's mask? Yeah. He flips you around, yeah. rips your mask off like you're a child. Right. He's like a superhuman. Yep. And then apparently beats you over your head with it as well. But prior to it, one of the reasons Rudolph ran up on Garrett, I think, is because in front of Rudolph, was two gigantic. Oh yeah, that's a problem. That's, that's so when you when you when you have two 
365 pound human. Yep. Bodyguard you. That's the only environment you might run up on a Miles Garrett type person. I feel like if they weren't there and there was just space between them, he would have been like, you know what? I also no, he would have been like, you can have my helmet. I'm cool. Yeah. Only three seconds I also left. think he didn't have a choice. I mean, what is he going to do? Just lay there like a slug <laughs> without his helmet? Like, oh, I got clowned. And then also, he has family, friends at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to just be a jabroni? Yeah. Like, if you, you're going to take an L to Miles Garrett. Unless you're, he's a metahuman. So he's not a normal, he just looks like a different. And again, he's, he's not thinking, if I run up on Miles Garrett right now, because we're arguing, there's no way he's going to hit me or, yeah. or attempt to swing my own helmet at my bare head. There's no way he's a lunatic. Right. Very low on the list of right. things he wrong. comprehended within that split second was getting hit in the head with no. his helmet. No, But, yeah. that's what occurred. Hey, Keith, look, man, can we we got to end the show. I got to go eat. I'm about to have pork chops again for dinner. Oh, nice. Oh, you know, that was a good one. <laughs> I was like, I, at first I was like, oh, oh they're, they're, they're serving pro- pork chops. Oh, that's <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's another one in the books for us this week. Jets Raiders coming up. Hopefully we take a W. Should be fun this weekend. It will be a good tailgate. Um, there'll probably be a lot of Raider fans in the parking lot with makeup on and outfits and things like that, which I guess is cool when you're from the West Coast, but where we live, that, you know, we look at it a whole different way, but that's fine. Rock yeah. out, Raider fans. Do yeah. your thing. I'm not going to judge anybody. He's gonna, Dan's going to be out there with all y'all. Oh, huh? Dan's coming. Yeah, I'm bummed you're not going to be here. Oh, this would have been a good one. Yeah, this would have been a good one. Oh, yeah. But if, Mike, if anyone oh, does yeah. want to listen to us, get at us, support us, spread the word and the gospel of the AEBG podcast, where can they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundClouds, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of... The number one Jeff fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and the ultimate top upper echelon NFL correspondent in the podcast game today, the big singing Wookiee Nicholas Croft, as well as our good friend and the number one fan in Raider Nation, Dan Scampoli. We'll get back at you next week. Thank you for joining us. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namus, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't be sucks.